0: Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. With me, as always, is Derek Twistak. Hey, hey! And you'll notice there's a silence because Aaron Fleming is not available tonight, but if you he were here, he would probably say, Buenos noches. Buenos noches. There you go. Um, so today... We are going to start our, I think it's going to be about a five-part mini-series on trust. The importance of trust in a cooperative classroom, kind of the different ways that that plays out. So Derek, I know this is one of your favorite topics.
1: Definitely is. So, I mean, I did take Green Book five times as a participant and taught it countless times, as you know. Um, and Green Book is all about trust and leadership, and uh, this is the part where I was like, it all just started to come together as to why we do what we do. Um, And I think one of the the quotes from from David, and this is where like the idea of a partnership being the best way and the cornerstone of any cooperative group is like, we want a two-person group, maybe three, no more. Because the question and the reflection that you have when you're thinking about this is, who am I? And then who am I when I'm with you? And that trust piece is the most important thing because if you can't ask that second question unless you have a trusting relationship, unless you have a shared identity. And this is where that whole positive interdependence really speaks to the social skills.
0: Well, and I know that this also plays into our sort of brain-based learning Maslow hierarchy of needs end of things. Um, that if you don't feel safe with the people around you, no learning is going to happen. Um, and I feel like safety and trust are, are tied into each other. That if those around you are looking out for you, they have your best interests at heart, then you can open yourself up and and you know, those neurotransmitter levels get in a place where where you're ready to process information, where you're ready to make sense of the
1: yeah, and so like the culture of belonging, the idea is that you need to be safe, connected and purposeful, right? But the first, the very first thing is safe. And so building a safe environment where you have somebody who is trusting and somebody else who is worthy of that trust um, is really important. Um, and we talk about this in cooperative learning when we, when we lead this, is this idea of uh, any relationship being a, uh, a relationship where there is a goal in mind and ideally, a common goal, but not always um, in relationships. And the importance of like talking through what your goal is, and then there is this comment: this this balancing act between maintaining the relationship and also working on the goal. And I think that's one of the things that somebody who is not as um, seasoned in, in cooperative learning and positive interdependence has a tougher time trying to uh, think about the importance of really solidifying and continuing to have opportunities for people to work on relationships. Oftentimes in academia, we want to jump right to the goal. Oh, let's make this awesome, you know, Magna Carta contract, uh, you know, project-based learning. And we forget that, like, there's humans involved. Um, This speaks to a larger topic, too, of, you know, individualist cultures and collectivist cultures as well. Like, Sometimes some people in individualistic cultures, we want to get down to business and we want to get right to it. And then maybe we have some time for some uh, gab afterwards. And in collectivist cultures, traditionally, you want to really maintain that relationship. But in all cultures, we think about cultures of business, there is this trust that's involved and this almost unspoken or sometimes spoken bond between the parties. and And when that bond exists, it makes the goal setting and the common identity and the common goals easier to achieve. And, um, you know, David, as you know, Adam is, is, he has three careers, one college professor, second,
0: marriage counselor, counselor. trainer, and third marriage counselor, psychologist.
1: That's right. So he talks a lot about, you know, like, you know, couples and the, what they struggle with is this idea of trust, and the idea that once trust is broken, um, that it, it it it's fragmented and it's hard to put back together. Um, I think he used the example of like a vase being fallen to the ground and and trying to put that vase back together and having it hold water. Um, it's more difficult. I think in a classroom, you know, that's a pretty rough example. I, I like the idea of the culture codes example of anti belonging cues versus belonging cues. That in order to um, we need to constantly the, the brain is kind of looking for this fight, flight, or freeze. And the more we're connected, the, the the less the amygdala is involved. And so we don't need to do the fight or fight or freeze. We can just be, and we can be we can be connected, and we can be purposeful. And then that then that part of the brain is just not activated. It's Your brain isn't worried about whether you feel that this is a place where you need to think about that. But if you get an anti-belonging cue, the amygdala starts to be involved. And now you got the fight, flight, or fright response, fight, flight, or freeze response. And now forget it. You're not getting a whole lot of purpose done because there is some level
0: of broken trust. And Derek, I... I... I'm sure you've never experienced this in the classroom, but, you know, there's times in, in my career when I've done something and I've, and I've damaged that trust. And, um, you know, unintentionally, probably earlier in my career, it was a little more intentional um, as, as, a, as a not veteran teacher that that stepped in it more times than not. But where you damage that trust and then you watch the student shut down, you watch everything just, just drain out of their face. Um, you know, oftentimes you'll see, Maybe they put the hood on or they, they wrap the jacket around themselves and they just put their head down on their desk. Like that is there couldn't be more clear of a cue that this student no longer feels safe classroom. You know, that, that as you said, that trust can be damaged so quickly, maybe not impossible to get it back. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah, I'm going to put a plug in
1: here for a book that I uh, think is one of the, the better books that I purchased um, on this topic. And that's Finger Painting and Psych Class. It's by uh, Jay Morgan, social, another social psychologist. And really it's all about, it's called Artfully Applying Science to Better Work with Children and Teens. It's a great parenting book. It talks about being a conscious parent, being a conscious teacher, thinking about what you say as a teacher and realizing like, what is my goal here? And will this accomplish that goal? I think in teaching, oftentimes to your point, um, as a younger teacher, you'd get frustrated that you had to repeat yourself or that you had to, that kids weren't following the directions that you got. And we'd, we'd institute sarcasm or we'd institute something else of like, oh yeah, you were really listening. you know. But what's the point of that? Like, What's the point of making that comment? And does it contribute to either building your relationship, which I think a lot of us, especially as adults, that, that are, are a little more sarcastic maybe, or have those friendly relationships, it just doesn't belong. It just, there's no point in, in saying those things. So like this book, in Side Class talks a lot about like being a conscious parent, being a conscious adult, that, that this child or teenager is supposed to react as, as, as a, as an emotional being, or as just a bundle of hormones. Like they're basically just supposed, that's how they're supposed to react. And like, as an adult, we're supposed to show them that like taking a step back and being a rational person and really thinking through like, what does this contribute? Does this contribute to building a relationship? Does this contribute to getting to our goals? Does this help this person feel safe, connected or purposeful? And to your point, the culture code talks about the sociometer. And it talks about like, if an anti belonging cue is given, it's not just enough to apologize. And um, it's more about continuing to build belonging cues then back with that person so that they, so that the amygdala is no longer involved and that fight, flight, or freeze, I know that I'm safe. I've got this connection with people in class and now I can be purposeful.
0: And and we oftentimes talk about our teacher role in a cooperative classroom and, you know, well, we want the students to be in charge and the students are guiding their discussion, but um, this is where the teacher role is so important I was think it's a social contract where we are the trusted adult. We are the one that our students can count on no matter what. And you, and you reference you know, parenting. It's the same way. We are the ones that are there for our kids no matter what. Um, and if you bring that mindset into the classroom, there's nothing that you can do as a student that's going to make me hate you. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make me shut you up. Now, I'll be disappointed. I will redirect you. I will work with you. I might separate you from the other students, depending on the situation. Like we're going to have a lot of serious conversations along the way, but the, the agreement that we've made, the contract that we have is I am the teacher. You're the student. I will always act like the adult in the classroom.
1: Between parenting and teaching, literally by law, we are in local parentis, right? We are acting as their parents. We are not their parents, but we are acting as their parents. And I think keeping that, I remember learning that in school law and like keeping that in mind of being like, oh how would I treat this person if they, if they were my child, how, what lessons would I want them to learn? Like, I don't know, Pythagorean theorem maybe important. Maybe not like safe, connected, and purposeful two thirds of that is, has nothing to do with uh, academia or, you know, learning facts and figures and, and, and all of that. Um,
0: it, you know, when, we fold, when we fold laundry, I make my daughter match the socks. I don't think I'd make the students do that, but we have, really cracked on something and maybe it's the lack of aaron uh got our creative juices flowing here but i think there's a lot more that we can discuss about trust i know we, ju- we just scratched the surface here but we're going to talk about being trusting and being trustworthy and what the difference is there uh and how that relates to the social skills that, that we've talked about in the past and then um derek had mentioned two x's um relationship versus gold that's something we can really dig into because depending on the situation we're in and where, where our relationships fall on, on and our goals fall on, on those axes uh, really determines kind of how we act. So we could talk for a really long time about trust. I mean, the chat room is a buzz, a buzz right now with what you just said. It's amazing. Well, they usually are. You know, when, 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 when Adam talks, people start typing. But uh, I, think, I think this is a good stopping point. And until next week, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2022. Theme music courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.